You're listening to the Breakaway Breakdown podcast, where we bring you interviews with some of the top ropers in the country, news about what's going on in the fastest sport on dirt, training tips for you and your horses, and so much more. I'm your host, Casey Allen. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. It's Casey Allen. I'm your host of the Breakaway Breakdown, and today I'm bringing you something new called the Tie Down Breakdown where we're going to take a little pause from what's happening in the world of breakaway. And I'm going to go through the pro rodeo standings and the tie down roping, kind of give you guys a rundown of what the news is on that side of the industry. We're going to talk about the key players right now, who's hot, who's not been winning, the veterans, the newbies, the resist all rookie guys that are in the hunt. Just kind of take you through even some of the futurities, what's been going down. And then at the end of this, you're going to get to hear from the number one man in the world standings, Riley Webb. We'll get back to that later. But first, let us talk about the tie down roping world standings because you want to talk about salty this year. Guys, the number 15 spot right now at the time I'm recording this, August 22nd, 2023, is Zach Youngblood, former NFR qualifier. He is over the $90,000 mark. So... I'm going to work my way up the standings, but you guys, $100,000 is not safe right now in the tie-down roping to make the NFR. Let's just take a second and let that sink in. The talent that we've got going on the road this year is insane in this event. Let's talk about the top of the standings first. Now, as I mentioned before, Riley Webb is sitting number one. He's got $229,000 on the books so far, and guys... If some of you have insider information and some of these standings maybe aren't correct down to the dollar, I'm reading them straight from the Pro Rodeo website, so don't come for me. But anyway, Webb, like I said, 20 years old. He's from Denton, Texas. He actually crushed the regular season's earning record at the end of July. So he's up there in a race of his own. But if anybody's got a chance to catch him in the world standings race, it is former world champion, number two man, Haven Medjid. Now, you're going to hear Webb talk about his horsepower here in a little bit, but if there's one thing we can say about the guys in the top five in general right now is they're all packing some serious horsepower. Haven is no exception. We've seen him pull out a few different horses this season. He is building a breeding program. He's heavily involved in the futurity world. He takes his training very seriously and his horsemanship extremely seriously. So... Haven and our number three man, Shane Hanchi, who's got about 140000 on the books, have been heavily in the futurity pursuit outside of their efforts in the pro rodeo world. So just last week, we saw Haven and Shane duck off to the Royal Crown Futurity in Rock Springs. They both had a great showing there. Haven won the all ages and the tie down roping, and Shane came in on one of his standouts rolling on the river. And he won both the four and under and the six and under and had himself a nice little $18,000 weekend while he ducked off from the pro rodeos. Fun fact, Roland on the River has actually picked up a little over $50,000 just at Royal Crown events this year. So I don't think Hanshi's sweating too much in the world standings, but I'm not going to speak for him. Number four man, Shad Money Mayfield. He's got almost $130,000 won. We're pretty sure he's safe to come back to the NFR once again. And I'm going to tell you guys something about Shad. He has got a vendetta against the Thomas and Mac right now. He is going to be coming in hot no matter what position he comes in. Number five, we've got the man who won $600,000 at the American Rodeo this year, Ty Harris. 
Man, Ty has just been having a stellar season, cruising right along. He's at $126,000. He's about locked in for the finals. And then number six, we've got the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo champion this year, Weston Hughes. He's another one of the younger guys. He's at 106000 as is number seven man, the veteran Hunter Heron. We get to number eight. It starts to get interesting. We've got Bo Cooper with $103,000 on the books. He had a rough start to the season. There was that controversy around Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo with his barrier that malfunctioned. And once things got rolling for him, they really got rolling. He picked up the Calgary Stampede win, which was super exciting because he is a native Canadian. So he got to bring that back home to his family in Alberta. And like I said, normally I would feel pretty comfortable saying someone sitting at $103,000 is safe for the NFR, but it gets sharky, you guys. Nine and 10, we've got Brush and Mitten, John Dausch in there. And number 11, we've got Caleb Smith. He's at $94,000, reigning world champion. Smith, he's not stressing anything. One of our writers at calfroping.com talked to him a few weeks ago, and he is just rolling along, trusting his horsepower, and he's one of the guys who is playing it smart and holding out for the playoff series. Going to get back to that in a minute, but I just want to run through the rest of these standings. Number 12, we've got Blaine Cox. He's been hauling with Shad this year. I think he's super pumped to get out on the road. He's got a few great horses under him. He's at 92,000. Then we've got another NFR veteran, Corey Solomon, at 91,000. And then number 14, we have an Alabama native, Michael Otero. Now, interestingly enough, Michael's wife, Carly Otero, is also sitting on the bubble in the barrel racing. She's just outside of it. So I imagine they're both going pretty heavy right now. And at number 15, at that $90,000 mark, like I said, we've got Zach Youngblood. All right, now we need to get into what's going on with the playoff series. What is the playoff series? Basically, it's accumulation of rodeos that the PRCA picked out at the beginning of the year that you can accumulate points on the side for and qualify yourself into Pialop this September. Why does everybody want to get into Pialop? Great question. So Pialop takes the top 24 guys in the playoff standings, which is accumulated by points. They get through different rodeos in the season, and they're also going to take the NFR Open champion, Garrett Jacobs, but pays a lot of money, and that's great. We love money, but the big reason to get into Pialop is this year they've added the Governor's Cup in Sioux Falls, the September 28th and 29th. So as the curtain drops on the season, Sioux Falls is going to offer a million-dollar payout between all eight events. What that looks like for each event is an opportunity to win up to $40,000 as the season closes. So it is super important for these guys to be one of the top eight coming out of Pialop or one of the top four in the overall playoff standings to get into Sioux Falls to have a chance at that huge payday. Number one in the playoff series right now is Shane Hanchi, Riley Webb, Ty Harris, and number four is our number 16 man in the world standings, Luke Potter. Potter just won the Cheyenne Frontier Days. I know he may not be a household name yet, but I've known him for a long time. He's worked really hard to be among one of the best in the world, and he obviously had a great strategy this season because although he's just outside of the world standings, he's sitting great to get an automatic exemption into Sioux Falls at the end of the season and really give himself a chance to break up that bubble. 
Now, the other reason this is interesting is because down at the bottom of the playoff standings is your number 17 man, Marcus Costa. So Costa is sitting 19th in the playoff standings. He's sitting 17th in the world. He's really got to make sure he locks in that qualification to Sioux Falls to give himself a chance to come back to the finals. Another one is Michael Otero. He's number 22 in the playoff standings right now. He's going to be really looking to lock that up. And one of the reasons that I've got some nerves for Bo Cooper is because he is 25th in those standings right now. So him and Tuff Cooper, who is another veteran that's on the outside of the bubble, are going to be right there on that cusp. They need to win a little bit more in the playoff series to solidify their spot into Pialop, and then they're going to have to fight through Pialop. It's going to be two rounds, then an eight-man, then a four-man shootout, and they're going to have to be on their game to get to Sioux Falls. If it feels like I'm throwing a ton of information at you guys, rapid fire, have no fear. We're going to have all this information on calfroping.com for you guys to go and reference. And when we post the podcast episode online, we're going to have notes to those articles so that you guys can see it, look at everything side by side, really get an understanding of what's going on and how much of an impact we think that's going to have on the world standings race at the end of the season. Let's check out the resist all rookie race while we're here because another one of those outside guys in the world standings that's giving themselves a chance to potentially pull out a last minute NFR bid is Dylan Hancock. He's a little bit of a long shot. He's got 62,001 on the year, but he's got command of the resist all rookie race right now. He's got over $12,000 ahead of number two man Cash Enderly and number three man Joel Harris. Now Hancock is sitting number 20 in the playoff series, so he's still got an outside chance. It's definitely too early in the season to figure out who's safe and who's not, like I said, except for those top few guys in the world. So I'm not going to get too much deeper into the numbers, but I just wanted to give you guys kind of an overview of the drama, what's been going on everywhere. It's definitely going to be an exciting race right down to the final minute. Now, I can tell you guys this. CalfRubbing.com is going to have a representative at Sioux Falls at the end of the season. So we're going to have your winners and those guys that lock in their NFR qualification on tap. We're going to be bringing them on this podcast, and it's just going to be a ton of fun. Same with the breakaway winners that weekend. We're also going to have team members hiding out at some of the smaller rodeos that weekend so that we can catch guys where they're at. We can get you guys the TikToks, the interviews, everything that's going on that weekend. We are going to be 24 hours around the clock, calculating, crunching, stressing, not as much as the contestants, but we'll be right there with them. So I could go on all day about who's winning, who's not, but I'm going to let you guys go ahead and hear from Riley Webb. Like I said, he's 20 years old, just crushed the regular season's earning record. Last year, he was the resist all rookie of the year and made his first NFR, had a really strong showing there. And... Anybody who's watched Riley grow up, he's been on huge stages since he was a young age, grew up in the industry. His parents put on ropings. He's been roping since he was a small kid. I mean, this kid eats, sleeps, and breathes tight on roping. So I caught up with him while he was in Caldwell, Idaho, right before he roped there. And it's just a laid-back conversation, kind of checking in with him, his mentality, his horsepower, how the year is going for him. Make sure you guys check out teamequinity.com because this episode is brought to you by Equinity. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that at the commercial break. 
so I just wanted to talk about the season that you're having. Obviously incredible. Um, thank you again for letting me talk to you. But, man, I just kind of want to know, like, what's the secret sauce this year? Uh, horses, I think. <laughs> uh, a horse I bought right after the finals, boots. And, and, I mean, I rode him everywhere up till up to now. I just came home. And, but uh, I think... I think that's been been a huge part of it. Is I mean, I had my good Charles Titus I rode last year. He was great, and I just I just didn't have they had nothing to, to back him up. You know, I just I just ran so many on him, got got tired. But, I mean, I think I just think the horsepower, and I learned a lot last year, and you know, apply what I learned and try to execute every time. Awesome. And uh, did you say who started him or how he was bred? Uh, Titus? Uh, Boots. Uh, I'll, I'll have to look up see how he's bred, but I bought him from Ryan Ballou and right after the NFR, and he's 14 years old. I'd have to look up his papers. I gotcha. So after NFR, did you just hit the ground running? Did you go home and work on anything? What did the start of that year look like? Right after the 10th round, we drove straight home. Nana Far was over, you know, Saturday night. We got home Sunday night, and I tried boots Monday morning and uh, bought him that day. So I guess uh, two days after the NFR, drove straight home, and I tried boots the next morning. And we started just uh, working, working at it, getting ready for uh, getting ready for the, the new the new season, Denver, and everything to get going. Awesome. So what is the trick in those winter rodeo setups? Talk to me about the tournament styles and how you mentally and physically handled those. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you just got to, I mean, run one calf, you know. Uh, the format's awesome, but uh, I think you just got to run each calf for what it is. You can't get caught up and I got to do this, that you know, this or that or be this. You just got to run the calf for what he is and do the best you can every time. Everybody get caught up and, you know, advancing and all, you know, I got to win this much money and advance here or whatever. You just got to, you know, that's kind of what I learned last year. I got caught up in all the numbers and everything. And this year kind of just, you know, was able to rope and not worry about all that. I gotcha. And it seems like you've really, I mean, obviously you grew up in rodeo, you know, around ropings and everything, but you were kind of thrown into a huge stage at a young age with the WCRA and high school nationals and everything. Did you ever have hesitations about roping against the open guys? Was that something you kind of developed over time or were you just happy to be out there? I, I mean, at I, I a young age, you know, I, I was the American, I made the American in 2020, the roping fiesta, the youngest guy to do that in the same year and, and then be able to make one national high school finals that year as well. But, no, I, I I never had a problem with it because I told myself at a young age this is what I wanted to do and this you know this is what I wanted wanted to be. So it, it never no never got caught up in oh I'm roping against you know Tough Cooper or any of you know, those guys. I I just pictured myself you know going against them. What would you say to the kids out there that maybe don't get exposed to roping on those big stages at a young age? Um, is there a way that they can practice for those stages at home, or do they just have to go? I, I think the more the more you know the practicing, the more you practice, the, you know obviously the better you're going to be. But you know practice 
practice and have a meaning when you're practicing. Some, you know, back in here, I'm at the national high school finals in the short round, and I, you know, put yourself in those stages in the practice pen too. Not maybe not every time you run one, but uh, put put yourself in those stages. Or right, I gotta be eight five to win the national high school finals, or I gotta be, you know. Eight, I gotta be faster than nine flat to make the NFR. You know, put yourself in those situations in the practice pen, and you know, kind of. That's kind of what. That's what I did too. I mean, I was in those biggest. I practiced for those. Like, you know, I practiced for it. So it, when it was time to come, I've already done it a hundred times. Just so your rookie year didn't feel as scary to you, I'm guessing, <laughs> out there. No, well, I, I mean, yeah, I had a slow winter, and I kind of felt behind the eight ball. Didn't get to go to the, a lot of the buildings, and uh, I just kind of felt behind the eight ball, and felt like I was always, I'd have a big week, and always still felt behind, you know, like it just. Uh, and then finally, in the Northwest, I uh, we just had a, you know a couple of good weeks in a row, and finished the Northwest off strong, and that punched my ticket. But yeah, I, I just I felt behind the whole year, but I mean, I knew that I could, I could do do it i just had to you know keep believing in myself and keep running them so you said you knew from a pretty young age what you wanted to do what did a day look like for say 12 or 13 year old riley well we i was homeschooled (laughs) so we did school in the morning and kind of got done and then i'd go outside and jack around and rope the goats and rope tighten the post and rope and get everything ready and then when dad get home from get done from work or whatever he was doing we'd rope in the evenings but after lunch i'd pretty much be roping goats roping cat you know rope time from the post roping the dummy doing something the rest of the day after lunch when i got done with school do you think that when people see like the younger guys that are winning a lot you know you shad kincaid um and then the other guys coming up do you think they assume you guys have a lot of natural talent or do you think people know how much work you guys put in at a young age we, we're all very blessed with, you know, God-given ability, but uh, that that only only you got to have a, you know, try and you want to you've got to want to work hard at it and want to be the best, you know. Uh, you got you got to get out there every day and give it your all. But yeah, I, I think people think, you know, people are gonna think whatever they want anyways. But uh, people are like, you know, that guy's got that, got this, got this horse. Well, you know, I I've been working my butt off for. You know, to have the horses and have the stuff I have since I'm, you know, 10, 11 years old. I knew what I wanted to do and knew what I what needed to be done to be at, successful at this level. About just dropped the mic there, Riley. <laughs> so talk to me about your Cowboy Christmas and how things have been going for you this summer. Have you been out there the whole time or have you got to come home? Um, we come home for one day and kind of switch <laughs> rigs around and that's about it. But it's been it's been good. Um I sent Boots home uh, when we come back out from the Northwest. After Dodge, I, I took him back home and dropped him off and come back out. Uh, but uh, we're, I'm excited for the Northwest. We got up here. Uh, we went to Logan and Lovington and kind of made our way back out here. I did good at those. and uh, I didn't draw very good yesterday at Caldwell, and we're at the second one today. But I'm excited for all these rodeos. I got uh, 20 rodeos left. So I'm uh, excited to try to finish finish out strong. Today's episode is brought to you by Equinity. Equinity Horse XL is a 100% pure amino acid supplement that can help your horse perform better from the cellular level. 
There is no fillers added, no sugars, no starches, no soy, nothing except 100% pure amino acids. What this does for your horse is it can help them from the cellular level perform better. We're talking quicker muscle recovery and stronger collagen for a healthier coat and bones. It can help increase focus, help regulate the gut, so many different things. And you can actually use it in combination with Equinity Ultimate OEC. That's a liquid supplement that has a flaxseed-based omega-3 oil, natural vitamin E, colloidal silver, and other ingredients that are there specifically to help your horse from the cellular level. It helps support cardiovascular health, joint health, healthier skin and coat, gastric health, and can help increase immune function. We are so grateful for Equinity for bringing us this episode today. And if you want more information about their products, you've got to check out teamequinity.com. That's teamequinity.com to check out Equinity Horse XL and Equinity Ultimate OEC. So we've been starting to talk a lot about the playoff series and Pialop and Sioux Falls coming up. Are you sitting in those standings, and how is that playing into your strategy? Yes, man. Then I'm first in the standings for that as well, but uh, that that's going to be you know huge because a couple guys down there that need to need to push for. The NF, you know, to make it at the bottom or in the, st- you know, up there, and some of the guys that maybe at the top aren't guaranteed to be in the Sioux Falls yet, but are going to be at Pialat. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. That the, the them two, them really, uh, Pialat, Pendleton, uh, Abilene, and uh, Sioux Falls is going to be, it's going to be, you know, very interesting to watch them all. And then when you get finished with this season, are you going to take a little bit of downtime before the finals? Or what does that time look like from when the curtain drops September 30th to when you guys go to Vegas? Uh, no, not really. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get home. And, uh, we got you know the Hempstead, Rosenberg, Jackpots, and the Rodeos start the new year off. I'm going to go to the, those. And then I think at the Oklahoma's Richest, the two weeks after that, I'm going to match Haven Medjid. And then I think another week or two weeks, got the Stan Hanchi Invitational and the San Jose Open Fiesta and then the Lubbock Pro Rodeo. So I, I plan on going to the, all that and then, act, you know, try to be home as much as possible. But I'm going to go to those uh, six or seven little events before the NFR. So I'm usually talking to breakaway ropers on here, but I have to ask, what are some of the more interesting roping setups for tie-down ropers that you guys have had to uh, deal with on the road? Salinas was cool. You know, you come out of the head box and, uh, well, where else have we been? Setups. Let's see. I'm trying to think. What else? You know, Pendleton's obviously on the grass. I'm not going to go this year, but uh, that, that uh, that was really cool last year. And then uh, I'm trying to think, Salinas, Pendleton, different on the grass. Uh, oh, Primeville, Oregon was on dirt, but it's the, the lane, Pendleton lane. And uh, I, I think them are the, you know, the, you got to keep it simple. You know, it, it, even though the setups are, you know, different and everything, it's still you got to rope and tie the calf down. So you, you got to try to keep it as simple as possible, even if the setup is different. It's still, you know, rope and tie the calf. And then I got to talk about Salt Lake City. Um, arena record there. That was super fun to watch. Um, also, I want to talk about you and the team roping there. Yes. Yeah, so, well, Dylan, uh, the guy, my part, traveling partner, Hancock, he said, 
put us down in the team roping over there. He was just kidding, and I put us down. He was like, "Oh, you weren't. We were for real." And, uh, we, I mean, we did all. We made it back to the purse, and I broke the barrier. We weren't gonna make. We were too slow to make it back to the short round, but we would have. We would have placed over there in the that set. But uh, yeah, we were. We entered. We walked up at Elko too, and didn't have any luck. But yeah, we really were. I wasn't doing it for all around, or really. Uh, really, we were just doing it for fun, really. But. Uh, Shoot. How important is it to surround yourself with good people out there, and how important is a hauling partner when you're uh, traveling out there? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you got to keep it keep it fun, and I, I like going with people, uh, you know, that are the same goals as me. I went with Chad last year in the Northwest, and Dylan's been with me all year this year. So, uh, you know, it's, it's been fun, and uh, I think for sure he's in the pretty deep in the rookie race, and... Uh, He's gonna. He might have a shot here at the, the finals here in a couple of weeks. Awesome. So, what's next? I mean, you already broke the regular season earning record. It looks like you're in a race of your own up there. How do you stay on the throttle? And what are you? What record are you looking for next, Riley? <laughs> There's no record that I'm, I'm looking at. But I'm, I rope for a living, so uh, I try to you know try to win as much money as I can, and uh, you know try try to be the best best I can be in and out of the room every day and uh, I'm fortunate to have me and the three good horses now and uh, try to keep them healthy and try to keep myself healthy and uh, I mean, I've been waiting all my life to be in this situation so I'm going to try to keep, uh, keep it going as long as I can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Riley. Um, I know you're getting ready for rodeo tonight. I've just got one question left and i got to ask everybody that comes on um, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given or that you try to live by? Never, uh, you know, never, never give up and uh, never, never think you're too good, too good to do something. I, I think guys get caught up and think that, you know, oh, I'm at this level. I don't need to rope the dummy or I don't need to you know, do the little things. I think the little things, to, you know, are, uh, you know, separate separate everybody if you if you're willing to do the stuff that everybody else isn't willing to do then uh you're going to be successful awesome well thank you so much again riley and good luck at the next one thank you if you need anything let me know Okay, you guys, let us know what you think of the first episode of the Tie Down Breakdown. We're going to have this episode and links to things we talked about today and links to more articles for you guys to read at calfroping.com. You can listen right from there. Go back through, like I said, check out your notes, and we will be coming at you with more episodes like this in the future, along with all of your favorite breakaway winners and interviews from that side of things. If you're looking for tie-down roping-specific content, calfroping.com is where it's at, and Rattler Rope is going to be bringing you coverage of the World Standings Race, Circuit Standings, Resist All Rookie Race, and coverage of the top horses in the game through the NFR this year. So we've got a ton of things coming your way. Also, we've got instructional content for calf ropers on roping.com. We've got Logan Harkey. We're going to have Shad Mayfield soon. We've got Justin Moss and Caleb Smith all on that website. So make sure you guys check out teamequinity.com because Equinity is who brought you this episode today. And they're always on board with all things breakaway roping and tie down roping. Hope you guys are winning wherever you are. Thanks so much.